Welcome back to the Connector Study podcast series, where we explore experiences of doing ethnographic fieldwork with children in three different cities. My name is Dr. Melissa Nolas. I'm a senior lecturer in sociology based at Goldsmiths, University of London, and the principal investigator of the Connector Study. I also carried out the ethnographic fieldwork in London. Today's episode is the sixth and final episode in our series. In this podcast, together with my valued colleagues, Dr. Vinarasa Naroldos and Dr. Christos Varmantakis, both research fellows on the project carrying out the ethnographic fieldwork in Hyderabad and Athens respectively, we reflect on the experience of working ethnographically as a team. The image of doing ethnography is probably most associated with a lone researcher. While we have each carried out fieldwork on our own in different cities, only meeting face-to-face periodically, we have also worked closely as a team, our thinking and fieldwork experiences informing one another and our ethnographic practices. In this podcast, we discuss the process of working ethnographically as a team over the last four years. So we started off, the project started on the 1st of March, 2014, and we, we convened if you like, in Brighton, from then until July, I think it was that same year. So we spent a good, what would that have been? August. Yeah, Yeah. July, August. So a good sort of four months together as a team, getting to know each other. At this point, um, it was a new project. I openly recruited. None of us knew each other at this point. And so we spent those four months kind of reading looking at the proposal together, working out what it was that we were going to do, how we're going to do that, and just generally spending time getting to know each other. Um, so that was the kind of setup of the project in terms of who, who we were. So there was myself as PI living in London. The project at the time was based at the University of Sussex in Brighton. Clusus was the research fellow in Athens, Vinarasan was the research fellow in Hyderabad, Claire was the project coordinator. And later on, three years into the project, we were also joined by Robin Long, who um, was the research assistant working on the en vivo analysis of the data. So there was four of us to begin with, um, then five, all working and kind of living in in very different places. So one of the, the important things that we did both in those initial four months, but then carried that forward later, was to establish monthly team meetings. Um, Those initially were to deal with everything project-related. We then split the team meetings up into sort of more kind of project coordination meetings. And then we had our research meetings on a monthly basis. But that also meant that we were talking to each other at least every couple of weeks. And we did that over Skype with more or less success, depending on the, the Skype gremlins and what mood they were in. Um, we have, I, I do, I recall, and I think Claire wrote a blog about this. Mm-hmm. On one occasion, we managed to have a team meeting across Skype and the telephone on speakerphone because it was it'd been quite difficult to get hold of you, Vinarasan, because the Skype, uh, the internet connection in SAS was great. not always as reliable. So that's, that was one aspect of it. So there were kind of challenges in communicating and working remotely. Um, but the important thing was that we were in very regular contact. Also, and I don't know if we haven't done this for a long time and we stopped doing it after a while, but we'd sort of created these kind of a bit like reporting documents, but they were more intended in a much more reflexive 
way where we'd, and this is at the height of trying to get the sample together. And so there was a lot, I mean, you mentioned in a previous podcast about juggling a lot of things. There were a lot of things that we were juggling. And so the document almost became like a way of containing all that kind of juggling, all the kind of stress and anxiety that came with it and a way for us to also keep in touch and and know what each other were doing in each of the cities. Um, so at no point did it feel, at least to me anyway, that we were kind of lone researchers. There was always a kind of point of feeding back into the team. And to begin with also initially, we used to read each other's field notes as those were being created because the sample was small at that point and there was time and opportunity to do that. I think for me personally, I, I sort of, I lapsed on that practice as we got busier, as more children were recruited into the um, sample, as field notes got more kind of intricate. And so, yeah, that's kind of, that's some of my recollections from the early days, mm-hmm. as it were, in terms of, you know, working together and doing that remotely and with the use of, um, we had a online filing space we a system that Sussex was using at the time called Huddle which we used from the very beginning it, it was the team archive we used it very very well and we used it um, systematically um, it had a function to message each other and so we could message when new field notes were up but I think the important thing is we all used it as a filing system and so from the beginning there was a shared archive that everybody could access that's in terms of kind of more organizational yes. side of things. Yeah. Uh, as I recollect that period, I mean, I remember how much we valued our uh, person, our meetings, our yes. actual yes. meetings. And I remember how we would burst with ideas each time that we would meet, especially after we, after the first four months and when we started meeting each other, like once a year. I remember how many papers were written in mental notes in our discussions mm-hmm. we're meeting each other, right? And I think this is also because the fact that we were not synced, mm-hmm. we were in different time zones, in different places. We had to deal with different uh, fieldwork, family diaries and times and so on. It was kind of impossible that we would ever be in sync. Mm-hmm. So we were working parallel to each other, but we had the meetings, we had the things that would again put us into into a kind of a sinking for a while to just yeah. get back and feedback whatever is there to be said. But the fact that we were not also gave some time for a different, for reflection, basically. Mm-hmm. There was reflection. There was a lot of thinking from each one of us happening, which would find then its way into emails, Skype phone calls, more than anything, meetings, like yeah. uh, actually person-to-person meetings. I think, yeah, I think this this played a role also in how we thought about things. Mm-hmm. This non, yeah. And apart from your visits, Melissa, once in every year to visit, or you used to visit both the cities, and we also got opportunity to visit each other's place mm-hmm. as well, and that was quite a enriching in a sense to get a sense of you know, the city mm-hmm. and the life, and get to know about the life in Athens. For instance, for me and for you as well, mm-hmm. yeah, that is quite a helpful in a way. Yeah. So then the, there was the annual visits that I would do to Hyderabad and to Athens. But then, of course, for the first three years, you were also coming back to Brighton for six to eight weeks as the field work was still happening. So then we had that, again, annual time to longer time than a week Mm -hmm. to sort of consolidate some of the work that we were doing, the kind of, you know, all the 
ideas and and stuff that was happening through kind of phone calls and emails and to sit down and to consolidate and think, okay, how much of this will be taken forward? When will it? And by taken forward, I mean conferences or publications. Mm-hmm. Not so research, not so research. Yes, so yeah. even, uh, as much of the research we have been doing has been experimental in the sense, in the sense of rethinking and re. Uh, reworking mm-hmm. as we were going along our methods yes. in the particular. I remember uh, many of either the virtual meetings, but even more so the meetings in person, mm-hmm. of deciding, thinking about what will happen in the next six months, yes. what will we do mm-hmm. yes. in the next. And yeah. in this sense, breaking off, like taking a, a break from field work and sitting all of us mm-hmm. together again. Mm. away from the field, not being able to, to answer these phone calls of, yeah, maybe you would come this week or, you know, of getting out of this for yeah. a while. Even. I think it has been very beneficial in our practice, in our reflection and reflective mm. practice of how we did research. Mm. Yeah, we also we also did, do you want to say a bit more? Yes, yeah, over the period of time, so mm-hmm. when we yeah, started writing papers, and especially in the last year, actually. So we have one-to-one meetings, for instance, depending on the type of papers we write. We sometimes, actually, I myself have a meeting with Melissa, similarly Melissa with Christos, and sometimes there's a need between us, Christos and myself. So that helped in a way to discuss things, now, which comes up through yeah. our writing or through our reflections yeah. or what we wanted to discuss. So, yeah, that is how actually yeah. things evolved uh, yeah. through one-to-one yes. meetings, actually. And I think, I mean, it's interesting you bring up writing because that's something we, we had the opportunity to write that paper, um, Impossible Conversations, looking at childhood and, and prefigurative politics. And that was written at a time when we had only just started the field work. So it really yeah. wasn't, an, no, not really, it isn't an empirical paper, but it was a paper that we wrote in sort of thinking through we're trying to document that thinking through that happens before you do your field work, but thinking of it as kind of working practice amongst us. I think that was a really great opportunity to be able to write together from the very beginning mm-hmm. because it established some of the later practices that we've taken forward in terms of writing together, whether that's doing things on Google Docs, mm-hmm. live writing mm-hmm. at the same time, but also getting, I think, more conceptually getting our ideas together and finding a sort of shared and common language on the project with which to talk about the research. Yes, definitely. And actually, we, we must also say that we have used live writing a lot, mm. quite a lot, mm. more or less synced again. But uh, it's also, it became something, it became a medium that was uh, another way of working, another way of writing. Mm. That wouldn't be the case if we were in the same office. I mean, we would have been writing differently mm. in a laptop or in three laptops and then looking at, mm. but not live writing like this, which is, it created many times the feeling of, you know, you start writing, you know that somebody else is there. Yes. And then while you're writing, you know, maybe at some point you click somewhere and you, you just find yourself in the very world that the other person is now writing. It has a similarity to the feeling, you know, you're in a meeting and your foot accidentally touches the foot, the, the feet of the person next to you and you feel a bit of, oh, sorry. You know, it, it's kind of the same or a similar thing. It ended up being after using it that yes. much. It, it was a kind of a touch there as well. It was a kind of being and keeping in touch. and A, a presence. Yes, yeah. a presence. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Yes. yeah, no, absolutely. I think the other, just thinking about, because we, we've, 
spoke a little bit about the sort of the moments when we got together, whether that was like a week in Hyderabad or in Athens or the six weeks in Brighton. And my, my recollection of these times is always that they were incredibly creative, incredibly productive, and we would get through a huge amount of work and obviously also leave that period with more work to do. But all of that, um, I will always remember those times as kind of quite buzzing in a way because it was an opportunity. I mean, there's lots, you know, as, as much as I think we, we made the most of virtual working, there's something to be said about kind of face-to-face or there's a lot to be said about face-to-face um, contact and meeting up um, and the sort of the ways that you can communicate and get things done in a much much faster way in a way or in a much more immediate yes. immediate way yes. yeah. and of course I think we should also mention that food mm-hmm. and <laughs> eating and drinking together played a big role in, in our teamwork um, so as well as kind of working really hard we also I want to say play hard but we always ended up talking about work over dinners <laughs> and in fact a lot of the book proposal the book for instance came out over a dinner a lot of what we've done has been the result of these very productive conversations that have happened outside of institutional spaces yes yes papers were written blog posts or blog yes. strategies were <laughs> devised, devised <laughs> and, you know, even this series of podcasts that we are uh, right this now this is very right mm-hmm. Seven stars in London. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, and of course, we extended that into the Making Connections workshops uh, that we ran in London twice and in Athens and are just about to run now in Hyderabad. Tirupati. Sorry, in Tirupati. <laughs> where food has featured as a key aspect of planning these workshops, where we made sure, and also the um, activism on the edge of age. Yeah, we were sure. very lucky to encounter fantastic caterer in Brighton, Foodiliki, which do wonderful food. And then also part of the choice of venue for the London <coughs> workshops was the fact that happened to be a food leaky just down the corner and who would deliver to the venue we were working at out of in, in London. But I suppose we consider that food is a really important aspect of getting along and making connections. You have been listening to the last of six podcasts produced by the Connector Study team, where team members, Vinaras and Araldos, Christos Varvandakis and me, Melissa Nolas, discuss our experiences of working ethnographically as a geographically distributed team. You can find the rest of our podcast series on our website at childhoodpublics.org.